you this morning and to share the word with you. Um, titled my message this morning is Finishing Well. Finishing Well. Uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the words of Jesus uh, and the parable that he gave about the talents and uh, the words he gave to the person who did well with what he received. And he says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm sure we'd all like to hear those words. And, um, but how do we get there? What does it mean to finish well? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. And um, back a long time ago, many, many years ago, when I was in high school, um, I was 17, just about 18, and I remember a class that we took, and the professor was talking to us about uh, life after high school, when you graduate, because we're going to graduate in a few months, and talking about further studies, uh, maybe getting a career, uh, and then, you know, job, marriage, and kind of talking those kind of things. And she said, the year 2017 is, a, is the year for you. And the reason why it was 2017, because everybody in the class was going to turn 65 that year. Now, put yourself, who here, I don't know if there's any 17-year-olds, but when you're 17, you don't think about retirement. You don't think about those things. Um, that's for grandparents. That's for white-haired people, uh, those kind of things. And so who thinks about that? But for, that, for us, I still remember, Eastern, how you remember certain things. That's the magic year. 2017, you'll be able to, you've worked, you'll be able to stop working and enjoy life. You're going to be retired, you know. And yeah, okay, whatever, 2017, you know. I also grew up in an evangelical church uh, culture. Um, maybe some of you are familiar with that. That the Lord is coming back in my generation. Uh, it's very strong. Um, he was coming back in my generation, and um, who had to worry about retirement? <laughs> I was going to retire with him up in heaven. And um, in middle of 1980s, about 1988-1987, I was pastoring a church and um, received this book in the mail. And it's, the title is 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Could Be in 1988. And every church in North America got a copy of this book, written by uh, Edgar Weisenhut. I don't know him, but he was at that time supposedly a well-known writer and a prophetic speaker, Bible teacher on the end times. And so my upbringing and this kind of thing, there's movies out, there's lots of teaching and all, those, all the, 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 the dates were there and, and the prophecy. And who thinks about retirement? Who thinks about, the, about finishing well? So as a young person, I grew up with that mindset. And now here I am in 2018, <laughs> a year after 2017, and it seems sounds strange to me to hear these words coming out of my mouth, retirement, pension plan, and things like that. Just to let you know, I strongly believe in the return of Christ. Jesus is coming back. Not because I say it. He said it. He said it many times. When I return, and he will return. But to be honest, all those details, I'm not quite as strong on them now as I maybe used to be in the past. 
Um, but he is coming back. And as I've heard, and maybe you've heard that too, you live your life as though Jesus is, Christ, as though Jesus is coming back tonight. Live your life as though Christ is returning this evening. Plan your life as though he may come back in 10 or 20 years. You live your life as though he's coming back now, but plan as though he may come back in another 20 years because we do not know the exact time, even though there's some people tried to put dates to it. This is one of my, I love this book. I'm keeping it. <laughs> so finishing well, what does that mean? How does one finish well? Paul refers to this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 14. And part of that, those verses, he says, I want to know Christ. That should be our goal. I want to know Christ, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Pressing forward to that goal, knowing Christ. And then he says into uh, Timothy, Paul is towards the end of his life, end of his ministry, and Timothy was a young pastor, and in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight, finished the race. That next one, Philipp, uh, 2 Timothy 4, I fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith. Wouldn't it be great to have that on your tombstone? <laughs> or be known as that way? I have fought the good fight. So, when I do a message, I, I try to put it into one sentence because I feel that is, there's lots you can say, there's lots you can remember, but if you're going to remember one thing, remember this here, next slide. Finishing well is not a single event. It's a culmination of a life lived well. It's how you live your life now will determine how you will finish well later on, whenever that later on is. It's how you live now, living your life now. A life lived well will ensure that you finish well. So this morning I'd like to share some truths about that to challenge us, myself as well, so that we can hear those words of Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. So the first one is finishing well is a subject for everyone, whatever your age. And I start with this one because I think it's important because if you're in your 20s or teens or young, you're probably thinking, oh, well, this message has nothing to do with me. I'm going to sleep through this one because it's only for those who are older. Um, no, finishing well is for everyone. Whether you're 20, 30, 40, wherever, 50, wherever you are in life, finishing well should be something that is a priority for us. We've always seen those races, you know, a foot race, for example, a marathon. And when we see the marathon race or watch it, we're there at the finish line, right? On TV or whatever, maybe you're there in person, and there's the finish line, the crowd is there, and you see the runners come around, and they're going to, you see who comes first and second. But the thing is, those who cross that finish line, cross the finish line, why? Because they ran well that whole race. And not only they ran the race well, prior to that race, they spent all that time exercising, preparing, training, learning about their course so that they could cross that finish line well. So it doesn't matter where you are in life, finishing well is part, should, we, should, be, should be part of our thinking. But the thing, one thing, illustrations are good, 
illustrations illustrate a truth, but sometimes illustrations do not work. And so in a race, illustration, that illustration of running a race does not work for us as Christians, except for crossing the finish line. But where it does not work is we're not running in competition one against, one against the other, trying to, who, well, I got there first. <laughs> I got there before Pastor Mario. No, uh, we're all in this together, but there is a finish line. There's a goal to reach. There's a goal to reach. Followers of Christ, finishing well is more about a lifestyle, consistent living, than simply crossing some imaginary finish line. If you're under 30, and you're just starting out, lots of enthusiasm, and you're probably thinking, finish line? <laughs> what finish line? I'm, uh, life's ahead of me. You're establishing practices, habits, lifestyles that will directly impact how you will cross that finish line whenever that may be. If you're a 30 to 50 age, you're hit the, you've hit the stride, your stride, as they say in running. You've hit your stride. You've got strength. You've got experience. You're moving forward. You're probably too busy to think about the finish line. <laughs> but it's coming. Amen. It's still there. <clears throat> and if you're over 50, like some of us, your body's reminding you that you're no longer 20, <laughs> which my wife continues to remind me of. And that finish line seems to be getting closer than ever. Yet it's not the time to quit and step out of the race. That's not the time to quit and say, oh, it's for someone else. There's another reason why finishing well is a subject for all of us, whatever the age, is because you may arrive at that finish line sooner than you expected. Unfortunately, there's accidents, there's disease. We all know that. Experienced it with family, friends, whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody's at that finish line <laughs> unexpectedly. So wherever you are in life, here's a question I have for you. Wherever you are in life today, is your goal to finish well? Are you doing all you can now so in order to finish well later? whenever that later may come. Second truth, there's no expiration date on serving the Lord. No shelf life. Or someone said, no unemployment. <laughs> when we live in Quebec City, the neighbor behind us um, um, uh, worked for Post Canada. And uh, similar age, and he's working for, so then he took retirement. One day he goes into his job, and he's working for Canada Post, He's delivering the mail, whatever. The next day, and he's getting a salary. He's accountable to people. He's doing his job well. The next day, no job, no salary, no accountability. Like, boom, boom. He's retired. He retired. <laughs> and he could do whatever he wanted. And he kind of thinks the same thing for me <laughs> in the ministry. And, uh, you know, ministry, there's, it changes. And it's for, not just for pastors or whatever. As Christians, as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ, there's no end date. Like, oh, now I'm a disciple of Christ, I'm a follower of Christ, and I reach a certain age, and oh, now I've got my life to myself. I can do what I want. We're always disciples of Christ. We're always following Christ, always learning, always growing, always ministering. The form will change. You're single, you're married, you got little kids, you got older kids, and you got empty nest, uh, you got 
uh, lots of responsibilities at work and maybe less responsibilities, your health is great, then it's not so great. All those factors come in and determine and play a role in the type of ministry you'll have, the form of ministry, the opportunities, your implication. But one thing stays the same. You still have a place in God's kingdom. There's no stepping out. Christ wants you in fully wherever you are. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's where the sentence ends. It doesn't say until you're a certain age or until a certain thing. All of you should use whatever gift, the grace that God has given to you. And then he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Confident that he who began that work, who began that work in you? Jesus Christ. Somebody led you to the Lord, fine, but they're not the ones who began that work in you. They're not the pastor or some Bible teacher. They help you. But who began that work in you? Jesus Christ, God himself. So he's going to complete that work in you for his honor and glory. So if God, the creator, who's holy, just, almighty, is interested in you, continually interested in you, where you're at, what's happening in your life, he is. So if he is doing that continually and his work in us us is continuous, then why should we think our involvement in his ministry should come to an end? If his work in us is continuous, then our involvement with him should be continuous as well. No end. So my question for you this morning, are you waiting for that day when you can just sit back Watch others keep busy for the Lord and say, oh, I've done my part. I've been involved in church ministry. I've been involved with the Lord so many. They don't, Lord knows I've done my best. I'm stepping back. Time now for someone else to take over. Is that what you're thinking? It's okay if you think that because I've thought that. <laughs> the temptation is there sometimes. But let's don't follow through on that thought. Let's don't follow through on thought. Rather, let's wait to see what different types of ministry God has reserved for us. Rather than saying, no, say, what's different, Lord? Stay open to his leading, and he will give you direction. By his spirit, he'll lead you into maybe types of ministry you never thought you could do. Opportunities, because the Lord is always at work, and he's inviting us always, continually, to be a part of that. So let's expectantly, wait expectantly for the Lord to reveal as we go through stages in life the different ways we can be part of what he's accomplishing. The third truth, <clears throat> maintain a healthy relationship with the Lord. This will help us finish well as well. Now there's various spiritual disciplines to help maintain a healthy relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> There's Bible reading, prayer, 
journaling, some people like journaling, uh, keeping a Sabbath, being part of an accountability group, different spiritual disciplines we call, call them. But let's look at our spiritual journey as like a road with a ditch on each side. On one side, we do these religious disciplines, we, these spiritual disciplines, we accomplish them as a religious duty. I have to do it. I have to read my Bible. I have to pray. I got to do these things. Because if not, I'll be less blessed. So it becomes religious duty. Something, well, if I don't do that, what do the other people think? And, uh, God, you know, so it's obligation. The ditch on the other side, uh, I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to go to church. Why? God's gracious. He's going to, love, he's going to forgive me. He loves me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven. And we take this, this relaxed attitude that it's not that important. And both are unhealthy in our relationship with the Lord. Regular Bible reading, prayer, spiritual disciplines done properly are so important, so important. But we could do them for the wrong reasons. I remember in my course uh, when I, I took Greek a couple of years in my theology training, and I don't remember any of it, but um, I remember taking the course. I remember taking the course. Um, but one of the books we had to read on analysis, on, not analyzing Greek words and structure and all that kind of stuff, it was written by a professor of New Testament Greek at a university in, uh, in the States. And he made it very clear that he was an agnostic. He didn't believe in Jesus. And I go, what? <laughs> he knew that New Testament better than I did. He knew it in the original language, the Greek. He could parse those verbs and the words and the meanings behind them left and right. He wrote the book on it. But it wasn't in his heart. It was all in his head. He read this as an academic, historical book. See, we can read the scriptures for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Though, see, the goal is a healthy relationship with the Lord, not just performing certain religious duties and requirements. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else... Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. That relationship. <clears throat> and again, the type, how you, how you uh, maintain that relationship with the Lord, practical things, reading the scripture, prayer, tending, all those kind of things will change as you go through life. When you're single, you have more time. When you're at, hey, when you're, at, you're married, you got little kids running around and crying at night and stuff. I fell asleep reading my Bible sometimes. I was too tired. But what is important is not the form or the method or the frequency. It's your relationship with the Lord. And that's the question I have for us this morning. Are you satisfied with your personal relationship with the Lord as it is now? Are you satisfied with the relationship you have with the Lord? And are you growing in that relationship? Is it important for you? Is it a priority in your life? In whatever form it may take. The fourth truth, which helps us to finish well, 
Take time to reflect on God's faithfulness over the years. There's a difference between reflecting on the past and looking back. Let me explain. I gave this example, this illustration a few years ago in a sermon, so some of you will remember it. But it's called the Miracle Mile. And back in 1954, um, back then, in, up until 1954, it was common knowledge for everyone, the experts and doctors and stuff, that human being could not run the mile faster than four minutes. The four-minute mile was impossible. The human being, the body, the human body was not made to run that fast. And people over the years tried and tried. They could not run the mile, because back then they used miles instead of kilometers, faster than four minutes. Until May 1954, a Roger Bannister in England broke the four-minute mile record and, and it went around the world. Somebody finally wrote, ran faster, faster than four minutes, that, the, the mile. A month later, in June 1954, John Landry in Australia did the same thing. And he beat Roger Bannister's record by just a wee little bit. So you had two men who had run the four-minute mile, uh, the mile faster than four minutes. August of that year, follow along because it's important, August of 54 was the British Commonwealth Games. Now, the British Commonwealth Games back then were just as big as the Olympics because Britain was a lot more powerful and influential down the world. They were held in Vancouver, B.C. I didn't go. I was only two years old. I missed it. So here you have Roger Bannister, John Landry, the British Commonwealth Games, they're going to compete against each other and a few other runners in the, in the mile. Who is going to be the fastest man between the two? It's, at that time, they say, if you do research on Google at Miracle Mile, the world is watching. And so they're going around, and John Landry is leading the race. They're coming around the last stretch, 90 yards from the finish line, John Landry looks back to see where Roger is. Picture, please. And some photographer happened to be right there. John Landry looks back to his left, and Roger passes him on the right and wins the race. John Landry lost focus. He looked back for the wrong reason. There's a lot of wrong reasons why we look back on fear, worry, anger, bitterness, regret, looking back at our life. Or maybe wanting to go back to the good old times when life seemed so much easier and there was less pressure. But whenever you look back, For those reasons, you lose focus. You'll lose focus. This race was so important. Next picture. They made a statue of him. It's in Vancouver. (laughs) There's John Landry looking back and Roger passing on the right. How'd you like to go down in history knowing as that, eh? (laughs) There you are forever. (laughs) He took it well. He learned from his lesson. See, it's good to reflect on the past in thanksgiving, 
in recognition of what we've learned, how God was faithful, how he's worked in our lives. Others of God has used other people. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 23. Next slide, I believe. Yeah. I remember my affliction. This is uh, Jeremiah, the prophet speaking. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Gall is a very bitter drink. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Anybody can identify with that this morning? Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, that's reflecting on the past without losing focus rather than moaning the past and looking back and allowing the back the past to influence the future so my question for us this morning when you look back on your life do you lose focus and stumble or does god's faithfulness in the past motivate you motivate you to continue forward to reach the goal Next uh, truth, practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. And this is not just for preachers. This is for everyone because we all preach a certain way. We counsel, we advise people. Over the years, Judy and I, in our ministry and elsewise, <laughs> we've heard stories of, fortunately not too many, but too many is, a few is too many, those Christians who, after finishing years of active ministry, feel like they have nothing left to contribute. For different reasons, they feel rejected, forgotten. They've been involved in ministry changes for whatever reason, and they're kind of, they feel like they've been pushed aside. So they pull out of active ministry for different reasons. How many times have you counseled or encouraged someone to forgive, to forgive. Not you to forgive, but somebody else you know is, is going through a struggle and, and you share scripture or testimony to encourage them to forgive someone. I'm sure you've at least once done that in your life. How about putting that in practice? Don't carry that baggage. Forgive that person or those people. Don't, don't allow that lack of forgiveness to cause you to stumble and fall. How many times have you encouraged others to trust God for their personal needs, financial, physical, health, uh, job, whatever, raising kids, a relationship? We come alongside a fellow believer and we encourage them with scripture and a prayer and encourage them to, hey, God is faithful, don't forget. And then we find ourselves in a situation and we need to practice what we preach to put in practice what we've been telling others. Or maybe you have negative feelings towards God. And you counsel some and encourage them to continue trusting God that it's his will, he's in control, he's building his church. And then you are living the challenges of that. Practice what you preach. Put in practice the encouragement, the counsel you've given to others. Don't carry the baggage with you. 
it'll hinder you from finishing well. And there's many other things we can practice, put in practice. So my question for us this morning, are you practicing on a regular basis what you preach? Wherever you are in life, whatever stage you're in, whatever you're going through, you've encouraged others, you've shared scripture, you've prayed them for a certain situation, and now you are in that situation? Get rid of that baggage. (laughs) Practice what you preach. The last one, number six, know when to slow down. This may be more, more appropriate for those who are further down the road, but it is appropriate for everyone. See, knowing when to slow down, step back, and let others take over, assume ministry, is not, a, is not easy at any age. Because we, as Christians, we often take on too much. But slowing down, stepping back does not mean stepping out. That's why I said number, point number two, there's no, there's no end date. <laughs> it goes on and on. The cha- it may change. But what I mean is to, sometimes we need to just s- slow down a bit and let others come in. Because, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but there, there's, there's team races, huh? There's team races, cycling and stuff. They, they have a team, and they'll switch because the goal is so the team wins. And sometimes we have to let someone else take the lead, move in. So how do we know when to slow down? How do we know when it's time to let someone else come in? Well, listen to the Holy Spirit, your relationship to the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Listen to your body, physically, emotionally, mentally, the strength you used to have, maybe not there as much. Listen to others. What are others telling you? You're way too busy. You're going to burn out. Slow down. Uh, Don't you think you've been in this for a while? Maybe it's time to allow someone else to come in alongside. You can train them, help them learn, grow in that area. Listen to the counsel of others. When I think back, my early years as a pastor... I sometimes shudder of the things I did not know, the things I said, uh, the way I ministered, I, I could have done better. And I think those, some of the first sermons I gave, oh, those poor people. <laughs> they were so gracious. They were so gracious. But the thing is, in spite of my weakness, God is faithful. God continues to build his church. And in spite of your weakness, God will use you. One of the mysteries of the Christian faith is God who is perfect, a perfect word, his perfect plan, he entrusts to imperfect people. Uh, You you really know what you're doing? (laughs) Yeah, because why? Because he gets the glory for it. He gets the glory for it. But others entrusted me with ministry, with opportunities where I could grow. And now, thank you for the special celebration you gave us a few Sundays back. And people are saying how all the experience we have. But where did that come from? Where does that experience come from? Where does the experience you have come from? 
If it comes from God's faithfulness, people trusting you with ministry, allowing you to learn, allowing you, allowing me to make mistakes. Allowing people allowed me to do things differently, not the way they would have done it. And I learned by that. Oh, they were right. <laughs> or there's another way to do it. But in all of that, God is faithful and builds his church. And we learn by doing. So we need to learn to trust others. Trust the Lord that he will use others with in ministry who will learn by doing. By making, by learning, having their own experiences to grow in their relationship with him. So my question for you, for us this morning, as you go through life, and this is, this is not just for older, this is young as well. Because even if you're in the 20s or 30s, whatever, and you're in ministry, you have experience. See, you have experience. And you say, oh, compared to someone else who's 40 or 50, compared to the pastor, I don't have experience. Yes, you do. You have more experience than the person who's younger than you. You have more experience than people who are, who are new in the faith. Wherever you are, you have more experience that you can pass on to someone else. It's not just for those with gray hair. It's for everyone. We all have something to contribute. We all have something we can add. We all have something that we can offer to others to help them grow in their relationship with the Lord and in their involvement in his ministry. So as you go through life, are you allowing others to step in and help out? As you're finishing that, nearing that finish line, are you letting others assume certain ministries? Or are you saying, nope, that's mine. I've had this for these years. Oh, nope, this is mine. Or are you willing to open up and allow others to come in and learn from whatever experience God has given you, you can pass it on. That's how we can all finish well. <clears throat> So to re just to conclude, finishing well is not a single event. It's the culmination of a life lived well all the way through. And again, if you forget the points, whatever, try to remember that because the Holy Spirit will help you put in practice that in your own life where you may be. And when we talk about finishing well, we're not saying finished well. That's what you put on your tombstone. When you finished, we're not talking that, okay? We're not there yet. We don't know when. Maybe the oh, Lord has that in his, in his hands. Finishing well is present tense. It's an action that's ongoing. So wherever you are in life, you are still in the race. You are still in the ministry. God still has a place for you whatever it may be, as much involved as someone else or less involved, we're not in competition one with another. But we're open to his leading as he leads us into opportunities of ministry. So my prayer is that I trust that each of you, each of us this morning, is living well now. So we'll be able to finish well whenever that day comes. And may we all have as that goal 
to hear the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Let's just take a few moments of personal reflection and prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to continue his work, his teaching us. And I will close uh, this part in a prayer for all of us in a few minutes.